Hey damn guys, welcome to Book Club Member Comics. My name is John Salinas and I'm here with... I'm Danielle. And I'm Matt Strackbine. Hey Matt, you're on the show. Thanks for coming on. Yes, yeah, my first time on this one. Yeah, kind of a holdover from the Hellboy Book Club. Now we're doing a book club where we just talk about different comics. And now Danielle's going to tell you all ah, about it. I'm going to tell you. We're going to we're gonna read a thing, and then you're, we're going to talk about the thing that we read, and you're going to listen to us talk about the thing that we read. And we, get, we already told you, though, ahead of time what we were going to read, and so you also read it. So then you talk about what we talked about when we were talking about it, and that's a hey damn guys. What else is it? That's, that's it. it. Is that it? And friendship. That's friendship. About and that. it's friendship. That's the most important part. How could I have forgotten about that part? Yeah. And speaking of friendship, you know, we got to talk about Aubrey. Aubrey's not here. Yeah. What's going Aubrey's on with Aubrey? Aubrey's not here today. Yeah, so um, we're thinking about Aubrey. A lot of love going out to Aubrey. If you're friends with him online, you know, send him some love. Um, Aubrey had a death in the family, and uh, he wasn't able to join us today, obviously. Yeah. Um, and so we were planning on doing something different. I talked to Aubrey, you know, today, and he was like, um, the show must go on or whatever. He told he us said, to go ahead and just do yeah, it. Yeah, he, you, you, he said you can just record yeah. uh, an episode and... He's like, I just don't really fill up to it. I've got a bunch no. of stuff that so I have to do doing, now. He's doing a lot of stuff. That's a tough thing. And we haven't done an episode without Aubrey here. Right. You know, so. But Aubrey's okay. He's fine. He's he's yeah. okay. And so just uh, if you are, uh, you know, connected with him on a personal level, just send him some love and, and that'll be. Yeah. But we do it. have, as we said at the top, we do have our special guest here today. Some friendship going on. Yes. Um, so Matt came in at the last minute. You know, I called Matt and I was like, hey, do you want to jump on the episode tonight and we'll just figure Matt's something here. out? It's and, Matt. Yeah. So thank you for doing that, yeah. Matt. Yeah, sure. Yeah. You called 1-800-NERD and I was like, yeah, we I'm did. Totally That's exactly what, what we did. About? That's a real number you can dial and Matt will pick up the phone. I'm always here. And say hello. He's always there. Yeah. Because this is Matt. <laughs> So, you know, like Danielle was saying earlier, we'd normally tell you what we're going to read. What are we doing today, John? Well, I'll post a little thing before okay. this episode goes out and I'll be like, hey, we're going to do something different. Surprise! We're doing we're gonna something We're going to do else. something different. So, yeah, we're going to talk about a different comic, uh, something that Matt picked out. So, yes. I'm excited to get to that. Matt picked that out. Matt struck mine. He's at 1-800-CALL-A-NERD. What was it? <laughs> Just 1-800-NERD, which wouldn't work. I can't <laughs> more of an email (laughs) 1-800-THE-NERD yeah Yeah. before we go on with the episode matt i gotta ask for an update how are things going with milagro and the fucking kickstarter and all the your awesome book that you're putting together with ross radke okay so last night guillermo zagara the writer and i sat in my living room and proofread the entire comic front to back cover to cover it took about Oh, I guess we were here for about five hours just geeking out on it. And in that time, we came up with like almost the entire outline for a second volume. Oh, wow. Whoa. And and so it's one of those things where you can't talk about it without really getting into it, right? But anyway, um, while we were doing that, Ross let us know that there are six pages left to ink. So we've seen them all penciled. They're all Wow. I've done preliminary lettering on all of those. Yeah. And so um, I'm expecting a few pages tonight and the rest of it shortly after that. So doing really, really well. I mean, this is, you know, it'll be done this year, hands down. Wow. Excellent. Well, I'm yeah. sure there are plenty yeah, so of uh, your backers going to be excited to hear about that. That's great. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. Thanks for that update. So you said six pages left to be inked. So that means they're all done then, right? They're all penciled. 
Yeah, and I've done preliminary lettering on the last nice. six pages, the pencils. Wow. Okay. So that we know what that's going to look so like. So it's in, in the, the can, pretty like... much. I mean, wow. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. That is so I cool. Mean, that's exciting. Yeah, I, I never, I, I always had confidence, but we can't fail now. No, absolutely. That's exciting. Yeah. And that's really, uh, and Ro- Ross Radke, if this is the first episode you've ever listened to, Ross Radke, book club member, yes. uh, very incredibly good artist, really amazing, and also designed the uh, the logo. For yeah, you, for the this, logo. For this I would love, thing that we do. <laughs> I would love to show you what he's been doing. Like, book we haven't logo. revealed any pages because they're all spoilers but right. like it's amazing it's amazing yes. i'm wow i'm just having so much fun well y'all are so. the dream team so we're really excited about this. yes yes awesome so, thank you for that update we are looking forward to this yeah sure i'm already thinking about maybe i shouldn't say this what's going to happen to those pages mm. what's going to happen to those pages afterwards mm. they're traditionally inked so mm. but what about after they're inked you know he's saying that they're you they're real yeah, yeah. In yeah. the real world, so they've could, been inked, so he's saying them. you could buy them. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know if he's gonna put them. <laughs> I, I don't know if he's gonna put them all out there for sale. You are but there's at least good. There's at least one page where I moved his signature up so that it'll actually print right. in the book, because I was like, his signature deserves to be have this, yeah. on this page. <laughs> awesome, very cool. And now we're gonna go on to our listener feedback. Aubrey's not here to do this song. I know. We can't do it. We you can't can, do this song. You can song. do it. No, I you can't. You do it. I'm not going to do it. What? He'll be Aubrey disappointed. Has to be, Aubrey has to be here for it. No. Is it blasphemy? I don't think so. I think that in Aubrey's honor, we should do it. <laughs> okay, I'll do it. Okay. okay. Listener feedback. feedback. You read a story. We talk about it. You hate them guys us. And it's a book club. Get out, trade. Got a Hey You Damn Guys from Hayden Orr. Hayden Orr. Remember. There you go. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> guys, this is falling apart. I'm not, I'm not used to this. We can't do it. Someone say the name it. and the other person say the other thing. Come Hayden on. Ignore. Book club member. All right. Great episode, y'all damn fellers. That's a new one. Harrow County is a great series and one of the few comics I've successfully gotten my wife to read and enjoy. It's always fun to see a book or show, etc. that explores Appalachian Southern folklore and settings when you live right in the foothills of the Appalachian Mountains. Wow. There's a large portion of the population that are descended from immigrants from Scotland, Ireland, and Wales, including my wife and myself, which would explain the origin of the word haint coming from the Irish slash Welsh. Oh, right. In fact, the Appalachian Mountains were connected to the Scottish Highlands millions of years ago before the continents fully separated. I did not know that. This area has a ton of rich folklore and ghost stories. Ghost stories, John. As well as some very interesting real historical events and people. And I feel like it doesn't get explored enough in different forms of media, but I'm glad Cullen Bunn decided to use the folklore for such a great series. He was raised in North Carolina, so he should be fairly familiar with it. However, if you're hungry for more Appalachian spookiness, I recommend the stories of Manly Wade Wellman, whom Mignola enjoys and drew inspiration from for The Crooked Man. I remember that. And also the amazing podcast Old Gods of Appalachia. Okay. Cool. Super interesting and super creepy stuff. Also, I can't remember if anyone mentioned the 2013 remake of Evil Dead in all the Halloween movie wrecks, but I rewatched it recently and was reminded of just how fucking balls-to-the-wall insane it is. It's kind of divisive among horror fans, but as someone who is a huge Evil Dead and Bruce Campbell fan, I have to say that it absolutely stands on its own merits. Yes. 
Um, yes, I want to talk about that really quick. My brother made me watch that, and it was horrifying. Okay. <laughs> um, that movie has some incredibly grotesque imagery in it. and Well, because he says, the next thing he says, fair warning, however, it is not a Danielle movie. In fact, the final ten minutes is literally a thunderstorm <laughs> of blood with Chainsaw. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes, that that was one, even as an adult, I was like, okay. like uh, I'm going to be thinking about Ugh. some of this stuff later, and yeah, it's going to creep me that. out. So, well, yes, if you it like was being good. horrified then there you go yes uh and then i got it as a secondary hey damn guys here <laughs> from hayden or says also also i can't believe i forgot to mention it but what a wonderful treat it was to have professor tweedo on the episode <laughs> <laughs> looking forward to more appearances on this show and that hellboy book club as well and he put hellboy book clubs all one word yes love that um yeah thank you hayden so i think i actually missed that one or it got in before we recorded because we had another one from hayden oh, this okay. week um, regarding our backlog of Hayden Norris. Yeah, because that was regarding our Harrow County episode, uh, regarding our Baltimore episode. Right. Hayden Norris sent us a uh, have a look at this. <laughs> have a look at this. I love a have a look at <laughs> Remember this. Remember I was I saying that? that? Yeah. Yes. He said, have a look at this, you damn fun guys. Ah. Get it? Fun guys. Are we? Oh, yeah. Because it's, oh, it's the one pun that everyone <laughs> does. Mm. He said, great episode, but John, I cannot abide the toad shade. I joked around sure, when sure. we were talking about the X-Men. Right. I said, he's, I would be Toad. And then I said, just kidding. And then to top it all off, guy. I incorporated like a humiliating cartoon clip from the Pride of the X-Men sure. cartoon right. or whatever, um, where he's like a sniveling little like rat guy it, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, well, it's Toad. I mean. Hayden said, I was the kid that always picked Toad when my friends and I were playing X-Men at recess. And okay. he put the crying emoji. Is it because you're a gross little dude? Just I a just gross got a little creature. <laughs> I just got obsessed with him after seeing the first X Men movie for some reason, okay. and for a while I would always get X Men comics, hoping he'd show up in them. He's honestly an interesting character, and it kills me that almost every writer uses him <laughs> as, either as a cameo or an outright joke character. But what are you gonna do when the guy's name is Toad? Well, um, I think that um, X Men Evolution did some cool stuff with him. Yeah, um, he was kind of cool in that. And I hate to throw shade at Toad, but it's just like. Yeah, my first impression of him is that little hunchback from the Pride of the X-Men well, he cartoon. he has a weird collar. Why does he have that? Yeah, that whole, like... Um, that's, that's not I good. think even in the video game, he's in there doing, I like, do some think little goblin thing of, or like, whatever. If you're a little weird... If, if you develop mutant abilities and that you happen to resemble a little toad creature, yeah. you're like, you know what? I'm going to embrace this. I'm going to call myself Toad. <laughs> that's going to be my whole thing. You know what? Great. Yeah, no. Good for you. I think I that's think fantastic. Cool. There's a whole subculture of people that, that are just like, you know what? I wish I was just a little hobbit in a little hobbit hole well, doing little hobbit things and I, I don't want to deal with anything else. Well, and I, I feel like let's if you can embrace that, go for it. And you know what? Good for Toad. That's fine. Well, I think like he's saying that his first experience, my first experience was with the little sniveling goblin sure. guy. His was Ray Park, Darth Maul. Right, yeah. Flipping around and Which climbing Which is cool. On the Ray walls. Park is very cool, yeah. So, like, if that was your first impression of Toad, like, I would be like, yeah. yeah, that seems cool. Absolutely. You know, so I get it. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah, you're like a weird Toad guy, but in a cool way. <laughs> yeah. Sure, why not? You're also Darth Maul flipping you, around. Yeah, yeah, of course. Anything Ray Park does is super cool. Doing course, jump yeah. kicks. Absolutely. He said, also to answer just one of the questions Ross asked, my dream adaptation and adapter would be Mike Mignola doing a full-on graphic novel adaptation of Frankenstein with okay. Dave Stewart on colors, which is probably kind of a lame answer, but I can but I can picture little Mignola-isms intercut with the novel's story. Just imagining the monster saying it's true to an accusation by Victor. The mood shots of birds when the monster is living in the forest, and of course I'd love to see Victor's weird half-science, half-alchemy lab 
as imagined by Mignola's current style. It would truly be a masterpiece. And as an honorable mention, I think a Tolkien adaptation by Ben Stenbeck would be fucking rad. He does horror extremely well, but Kashi showed me he can do fantasy just as well. Very cool. Yeah, I like those answers. We also heard from Mark Tweedell. Ah, Mark Tweedell. Book club member. Damn it. (laughs) You did it. He said, uh, Aubrey is indeed correct. It's not the cross, but the faith behind it that burns the vampires. All kinds of religious symbols from various religions would be effective. Okay. All right. There you go. Then why are we still doing the boring choice, which is crosses? That's hey, my next question. Hey, it's boring as shit. Hey, Do the, something else. There was I'm a cross. I think you forget that there was a cross sword that he swung like a baseball so bat. Dumb. That's pretty fucking cool. <laughs> so what do you think of the cross sword, Matt? Oh, badass. Okay. Um, All right. <laughs> I guess the next yeah, step I mean, up is this is this is the thought process that led to there being a laser sword in the shape of a cross. Oh right. So yeah, well, this what? is what we get. This is what happens. There's like an old movie thing of somebody swinging a cross, though, right? What is that? I'm sure, there anyway. is. I don't know. Maybe there is. Uh, yes, and it's a hey, you damn guys, if you know what my, that is. My my only, you know, qualm with it is that it's a boring choice. That's it. Yeah, it's just a boring yeah. choice. Sure, okay. Um, we also heard from the aforementioned Ross Radke. Ross Radke. Book club member. Mm-hmm. Yes, and awesome artist. And logo guy Oh, yeah, as well. and our Love logo him. guy. He's an incredible we've, artist. We've I'm got not a trying... guy. We've got a guy. No, don't say that part. <laughs> we are very grateful and do not take him for granted in any way. Also, that was a joke. He's an incredible artist. Look yes. up his stuff. Go buy some art from him. He's great. He said, uh, to answer my own questions. Okay, oh, great. <laughs> well, wait, what do we need? What do you need us for? We're, <laughs> we're just redundant at this point. What are we even doing here? Pack it up. <laughs> he said his earliest comic book memory is his grandpa taking him to the comic book store and telling him he could pick any comic he wanted. After much deliberation, I chose this collection of Ninja Turtles cartoon Aww. comics. Um, but it were comics like based on the cartoons. Yeah, that's nice. Though. He said, that's because cute. it had the most pages. Nice. Good, good job. I wasn't a big collector for most of my childhood. I had my random box of issues, but never followed any particular series. Then in high school, I randomly bought Avengers Disassembled to read at a hotel during a family vacation at Disneyland. Have you ever read Avengers Disassembled? That was really good. Yes. Yeah, and all the Avengers, a lot of the Avengers die and stuff like that. Spoilers for a comic that came out, I don't know, over 10 years ago. It's fine. I didn't really know that much about the Avengers. Keep in mind, this was a few years before the first Iron Man film. But I think I'd learned online that Spider-Man and Wolverine were joining the team. Brian Michael Bendis was the first comic writer I started to follow. Okay. He was writing all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and I love that. Um, Brian Michael Bendis, uh, the Daredevil Brian Michael Bendis oh, yeah. stuff. That like hooked me into yes. his writing. And then I read Ultimate Spider-Man, all that stuff. Absolutely. Uh, Ross said, for years, I pretty much only read Marvel, Bendis, Brubaker, Captain America, and any event crossovers, and Hellboy, BPRD. Wait, so did he pick up, he picked up the trade or he started picking up those individual issues? I guess, yeah. Interesting. He doesn't really say, um, but he says, after Emerald City in 2015, I realized how much I was missing. I made a conscious decision to broaden my horizons and pick up the weirdest books I came across. Nice. The Image Anthology Island and also the Prophet Reboot are okay. two of the things that he mentioned there um and he also said uh that is an important moment though in every you know you know comic book readers life where you're like oh i've just been reading this is there's so much other stuff i could be reading and that's that's when it gets really yeah intense and weird and i love that when you start to discover these really fucked up weird 
or underground or out there or creative. Yeah. You know, the like new art styles and new writing styles and all this. It doesn't have to be just about like dudes in capes, although like that's fun, but yeah. it's like it could be about anything. Yeah. You could make stories about absolutely anything and you start to discover all this stuff. That's really that's really cool when that clicks into place. Oh yeah. And he talks about like now he feels like he's scrambling to make up for lost time sure. of stuff that he's yeah. missed. You know, and I definitely feel that too. Um, as so, as far as what story I'd like to be adapted, I'd like to tackle a faithful version of Frank L. Baum's Oz books. Mm. I've never read the ones drawn by Scotty Young. In my imagination, as a child, the books weren't cartoony. They were scary and weird, like the Return to Oz movie. Yeah. So, yeah, that, you know, was, that if, sounds awesome. If, so, Frank L. Baum made silent films in black and white based on his books. Those are some of the creepiest films you'll ever see. Oh, right. So like just because they're really crudely done in the costume, <laughs> like for the scarecrow looks really creepy. They're awesome though. Wow. Okay. So his Rush original style probably out. would like be more on the creepy style. Mm. Yeah. It was pretty weird stuff. We had so much fun talking over those questions with Wes last week. Now that we have you on the episode, Matt, um, I thought we could ask you um, some of these questions. What is your earliest comic book memory? Um, well, I've probably told this story before. I uh, I overcame my fear of my grandparents' attic. I grew up in my mother's. <laughs> I I grew up in my mother's childhood neighborhood, so my grandparents were like a block away. My grandfather was a local business owner and politician, so he had like six newspapers a day, three in the morning, three at night. And they would save me the comic sections. Aww. So I was always down there like, and, and you can imagine on Sundays, like it was just like sure. tons oh, yeah. of comics. Yeah. And so eventually I overcame my fear. They had this creepy staircase leading up to this closed door to the attic. And I just knew there was like a bunch of cool stuff up there. There had to be. Oh, yeah. And so my curiosity helped me overcome my fear of that yes. attic. But then when I get in there, the first thing I found was two boxes of Silver Age comics, wow. like from awesome. early 60s to mid 70s. You were well rewarded for this. Yeah, immediately. Uh, I mean, I yeah. opened a box and saw Neil Adams' Batman. Oh, wow. Gosh. You know what I'm saying? Like, Spider-Man number six was in there. The cover was ripped, but it was there. Yeah, right? yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. And so that's my earliest memory of comics was discovering that's those. That's a fantastic yeah. memory. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Mostly what, DC stuff. Well, how old were you? Do you think? Uh, this probably would have been like 1982. That's like the start of a movie, Eight. or like in the trailer of a movie, a little <laughs> kid climbs a creepy attic stairs and finds some comics. Yeah, the letter and the kid's hack like, movie. What's this? And the grandpa's, the grandpa's like, oh, it's just a box of old comics. You can have them if you want. On a journey, and the kid's like, yeah. wait, and he's like running, and there's comics falling out of his backpack to find some comics. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just yeah. the start of this like adorable little coming of age movie or whatever the shit. Yeah, and, and when he came of age, he contributed to the medium that gave him so much joy in life. And it's just him. It's just it's just like whoever, whatever actor playing you, just pounding away at a keyboard. Like, I did not think this comic was very good. And it smash cuts yeah. to something else. That's awesome. The letter. Yeah, we should cast me. Who would, me? Who would play me? Who would play you? Like, because now we need, like... Uh, the the young version, the teen version. Yeah, yeah. No, we'll probably need like an advanced old man version past <laughs> where I am currently. What? what? So you're always you're good at casting. You're always oh, casting no. people. Oh, I don't you, know. You cast Matt now. I don't know. Okay, I gotta think, think about, about this it. one. Yeah, this is gonna be an ongoing. 
Um, yeah, or 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 don't waste your time. <laughs> <laughs> so, Matt, uh, what is the comic that got you hooked yeah. on comics? You know, I just read like a whole bunch of random shit, man. I, I bought comics based on covers, uh, cover art, nice. like from the spinner rack at Seven Eleven. I had just a bunch of random comics that I they just came to me somehow. I wasn't much of a collector. But then in 86, when Frank Miller's The Dark Knight Returns was coming out in single issues, oh. I had I had to have those the day they came out. Wow. And and so after I, I feel like it was summer or whatever. So after after that, getting all those, what was it, four issues? Yeah. Why? I can't even four remember. Issues, now. Yeah, yeah, I think it was four issues. So. Um, after I got those, I started to realize, like, oh, okay, I'm seeing all these other comics coming out. And that's when I started oh, okay, yeah. collecting. And I, I wasn't, like, a completist at the time. I wouldn't get all of a comic. Right. So I would go from Amazing Spider-Man to Spectacular to The Hulk to The Web of Spider-Man to Punisher War Journal to Daredevil. And I just flipped back and forth. And then I found Justice League International, and I just got all of those. Right. So, okay. and and I always collected like Detective and Batman, but if they changed the artist on me, I might bail. Oh, okay. You know. Yeah. So. Okay. But yeah, I'd say it was Dark Knight. That was Frank Miller, oh, man, nice. Klaus Jansen, and Lynn Varley. Yes. It just blew me away right away. Hell of a team. So that leads me into the next one, which is, what is the first book you bought for the creator rather than for the character? So would it would it be Frank Where Miller? You were like, oh, or? it's this guy. I gotta get this. No, um, because I didn't know who he was. I was buying it because of the art. Nice. Oh, okay. And the story and the coloring and all that. Um, the first comic I bought because of the person making it was Todd McFarlane's solo Spider-Man. Yeah. Wow. Where he wrote and drew that. We talked about had, that, yeah. You know, I mean, it's probably in part because we're similar ages, although I'm older. I was already a fan of his work on Detective Comics and DC's Invasion, he penciled that. Right. Um, he did, like, Incredible Hulk. Hulk. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and Amazing Spider-Man with the black costume and all that. Yeah. And, and I, Venom. And so when he did his own Spider-Man, I was all in. I was like, oh, my God. And I'd never heard of a creator doing it all like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that so. was incredible stuff. I think, like, he was just, like, I think no matter what kind of comics you were into, how old you were, whatever... Like when all that was going on, like you jumped on on board at some point, whether it was on the Spider-Man or on the Spawn or whatever. Somebody you jumped yeah. on the Todd McFarlane train at some point if you were into comics during that time. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, and and I remember a couple of people being like, you know, traditional Marvel style diehards. And I was like, look, man, this looks more like Steve Ditko's Spider-Man than anything else. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Like, I love it. That that cover has become so iconic, and it's 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 been parodied or like recreated so many times with other characters. Mm -hmm. But like at the heart of it, like he's all weird, like a little bug, like a little bug in a web, and yeah. it's like I had never seen that before. Yeah. It's so fucking weird. It's like he's a spider. Yeah, he's like all like a little crawly, yeah. weird thing, like and little, it's like like a little guy, like a weird, yeah, like it was like kind of guy. yeah, that's so odd and cool. I bought that poster where Spider-Man's in the red and blue uniform against a brick wall with a black costume hanging in the back. Do you remember that poster? I think so, yeah. I got it when, you know, when it came out when I was a kid, and I still have it. It's in my office right now. Oh, you got to get a picture of that for me. 
It's just all fucked up from tape and tacks and stuff <laughs> like that. But yeah, I still have it. I'll show you a picture. What was the comic you took a chance on not knowing if you liked it that opened up a new world for you? Well, I take a chance on every comic. <laughs> yeah, but what was one like, that, like, that no opened sure up bets. a really important avenue for you? Would it like, be the Hellboy stuff? Yeah. No, because I had some. In- I knew who Mike Manola was, and I was buying stuff just because he was in you on. You knew the you weren't taking art. a chance on that. You yeah. were like, this is yeah. a solid bet. Okay. I, whenever I travel, I go to local comic shops. Right. That's what John and does. John does that. I love that. Everywhere we go. And I. For a while, I was like mapping cities in the U.S. without comic shops just because I knew there was something wrong with those places. But I was in I was in a comic shop in my hometown. I remember my mom was there. She was probably taking me to the airport. And I'm like in my 30s. OK, I think I think 30, 31. I can't remember. You know, everything I was collecting at the time I was caught up on. So I was just kind of browsing and I was like, well, I got to get something right. I got to support the local shop here. Yeah. And my mom goes, this looks cool, and hands me the Goon trade paperback wow. that had the Hellboy crossover in it. Wow. Oh, wow. Your, Your mom. mom. That's yeah. great. And I was like, I was like <laughs> what is this? And then I was like, oh, there's a Hellboy thing in here. Wait a minute. I've heard of this. Okay. And I was like, I'll get this. And she's like, I'll buy it for you. Aww. So, yeah. So then, Hopefully of course, my mom didn't it. know. <laughs> well, is what I'm and that hoping. stuff's that's pretty my hope. lowbrow, but... I love it. So then I bought all the goon. I wish that. I'd never read it. <laughs> it's. I think it's not for everybody. No, and that's fine. Like, there's and a that's lot okay. of. That's okay. There's a lot of goon stories where I'm like, geez, <laughs> you know. Even I'm like, okay, yeah, your grief. And there's I think it's okay and... if you like it. I'm. I don't let me deter you or detract from that. Everybody likes their own thing, and I that's like okay. Yeah. I think that's fine. Yeah, I like it. absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm that's a big great. Eric I support fan. you in doing that. I don't want to read it. You want to read it. That's fine. All of that is fine. Yeah. So I don't want people listening to me like, I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not trying to take away from the things you enjoy at all. Go ahead and enjoy it. I just don't. I don't know. And I mean, you couldn't. I've already enjoyed it. It's too late. (laughs) There you go. There you go. But I, just I, hate, think I would just that, hate to think that there's someone like, oh, well, I, I like that. Like, you know what? Yeah, I like oh, it. That's no. great. I, I'm totally all for that. Please do. I'm not a no, hater. Was, I'm not a hater in the least. You know, even if you just look at it, the art is like fantastic. And sure, then yeah. Dave Stewart started coloring it at one point. Yeah, and yeah. That's awesome. Anyway, um, I, yeah. So that I would say The Goon. Okay. Because I, I had yeah. no idea what it was. And I, I had vaguely heard about it. And. I read it on the plane and then came home, probably just acquired everything that had already come before that. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. What story from any other medium would would you like to see adapted into a comic and who would draw it? Okay, because I've already thought of this. (laughs) Uh, One of my favorite movies and books is Thomas Pinchon's Inherent Vice. Oh, I have not seen or read this. It's a Paul Thomas Anderson movie. He adapted the book. It's pretty faithful. Right, it's uh, stars Joaquin Phoenix um, as a stoner <laughs> is that detective. How you say his name? Is that how it's said? Is that how it's pronounced? Joaquin Phoenix. Is it Joaquin? I've always said That's Joaquin. What I say. I've always said Joaquin Phoenix. Here, let's know. do. It stars the younger of the Phoenix brothers. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Just kidding. Everyone knows who we're talking about. Sorry, continue. Yeah, it's a story about a stoner detective. You know, it's pretty real world stuff, except that he might be tripping sometimes. Okay. And that's oh. when it seems a little out there. And I think, you know, David Laffham of Stray Bullets writes and draws comics. And I think he would nail okay. that. I think he would really deliver. All right. Um, and I would color it. 
Nice. Oh, shit. Excellent. Yes. So, yes. We'll put it out there. We'll put it out awesome. there. I think that would be awesome. Yeah. Put those general vibes Great out there. Great answers. Nice. I love this. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah, these questions might, I mean, you might consider asking people these on a regular basis. I, that's I what John is absolutely doing yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah. That's what we're doing. I thought it would be a great thing to do. And yeah, I mean, I, I hope answers will continue to roll in. So thank you, uh, Ross for Radke, yeah. for opening up a, a whole Get, new corner yeah, of the book we gotta club. Have him, we haven't we even that. had him on the show yet. He's too busy working on Milagro, but <laughs> yeah. we'll get him on soon. Matt's like, yeah, yeah don't invite him. him. He's working. <laughs> just, just hit him up in December. Okay. okay? There you go. I'm sure Ross Perfect. is like, thanks. Thank you for that. <laughs> well, we had him on. No, like, that guy. He's got so much. He he produces he's incredible, so yeah. much content. Like, yeah. It's unbelievable. It, I'm sure he has the bandwidth. T- talking about putting stuff out into the universe. Let's plan on the la- last year we did a Halloween episode with Ross. Let's plan on doing the, the winter holiday episode with Ross this year. Okay. I'm going to put it out there. Uh, maybe Ross knows of a good holiday comic or something like that. <laughs> I'm just putting it out there. Nice. That'll be fun. Awesome. All right. And now we're going to go on to our book club episode for the week. And this week we got a pick from Matt. I love this idea, Matt, because you were like talking to me about a good just one shot comic. Like it's just one issue that's really good. And it's just like a self-contained story that you can just enjoy. I love the idea of that. It made me think about... Uh, because you had asked me earlier, unless you can think of a better one, this is the one that I want. And I was like trying to think of one. And then kind of late in the day, I was thinking of, ah, oh, the, the pizza dog issue. Oh, the pizza dog issue. Have you yeah. read the Matt Fraction Hawkeye stuff? No. My Life as a Weapon? It's a good one. No, I haven't it's, read it, any it's, of it. It's really good. Matt Fraction and David Aja. But there is one issue about the dog. It's from the dog's pizza point dog. of view. And it has no words yeah. in it. I love it, those. It's, oh, it, wow. it, 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 it's just the art that's telling the story. And it is incredible. It is one of the best issues ever. Um, you should definitely it's check. It's a really it out. good issue. You should I definitely just it. check out that issue, even if you don't read the whole. You can enjoy it, especially um, someone who's a dog lover. You know, I think that you could yeah. enjoy that issue just on its own. You mentioning that though makes me want to bring up like there was a thing people were doing. It was a whole thing where everybody did this. They did an issue where there was no dialogue. Oh, Marvel did stuff. Yes, yeah. and so the new X Men, quietly the, the and friend quietly Grant Morrison, quietly and Morrison did they? There was an issue. It is one still to this day one of the most incredible single oh, issues of a comic book okay. that I have ever read. I still like. We can maybe we can come back to that. On it's a incredible. Episode. It's yeah. so weird and fucking God. I just love them as a team. It's just such. They make such a great team because it's just so out there. It's so like heavy metal and just fucking. Yeah. It's so fucking weird and I love it. And anyway, it's great. And so yeah, when that was happening, I tried to collect like every one of those because I just think that as a because it is such a strong. It's a visual medium. Like, yeah. what are you going to do when there's no dialogue? And so, like, the writer and the artist have to come together and be like, I guess, I don't know how this happened. This is how I imagine it happening. I mean, tell me, like, if this is close to being real, but, like, would you get together and be like, okay, so it kind of would look like this and maybe you could do something like this or would, like, how do you do something like, uh, anyway, yeah, I was yeah. just fascinated by it and I have all these issues that have no dialogue in it and just because yeah. of that one issue that I read, I was like, I need more of this. But in the, uh... no one ever quite did it the way that they did it and i really loved it and so like yeah when you showed me that pizza dog issue i was like oh i love this you know yeah, so in the i was into it i think when everyone was doing that or maybe they've done it multiple times but there's a in the bendes alex malieve daredevil run yeah there is one of those yes, silent issues also shit. those are fun to come back to but anyway Sorry. bringing it back to what we're talking <laughs> yeah. about today matt you had this awesome pick we talked about this issue before right batman volume one number 471 yeah. 
Requiem for a Killer. Talk a little bit about your love for this issue. Okay, so this is Alan Grant writing and Norm Brayfogle on art. Okay. They had already been uh, the creative team for Detective Comics from 1987 to 1990. Oh, jeez. Uh, and so then, like, you know, Tim Burton's Batman lands 1989 so in the middle of this right so they went from selling 75,000 issues a month to 650,000 issues a month making detective comics like one of the most popular things and Batman was saturating pop culture at the time it was everywhere and so for that comic to take off was a big deal the best thing about detective comics at the time was it didn't have anything to do with the regular continuity right that's my least favorite word to pronounce. Continuity? Continuity. 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 Yeah. It's like that Joaquin... What? It's like that. But I think it is continuity, right? It's continuity. I think it depends on... Um, Aren't there two different words? I, I think that... Uh, aluminum and aluminum? Yeah, I think it's like that. It's like that? I think people... That's fine. I'm fine with that. I think that's fine. So they were allowed to do whatever they wanted in this title. They could just make stuff up. And they made up a lot of famous Batman villains like the Ventriloquist, right? Like that came from them and uh, narrowed down like there were more than one Clayface. And they were like, no, it's just going to be this guy, right? That's great. And, you know, they were doing like a lot of really old school pulp type stuff that, that was in like those same comics I found in my grandparents' attic, you know? So it was like reminiscent of that. So then, in 1990, they were asked to helm Batman, the regular title. And now they had to deal with all this stuff that they, quote-unquote, needed to put in the issues. Oh, no. So they were contributing to a greater storyline, right? right? And and that was kind of a bummer for them. That is a bummer. And, in fact, Alan Grant said at the time, Suddenly, we were switched to Batman Monthly, where we had to handle the continuity, continuity, continuity. of the book. Uh, we had to start using characters like Jim Gordon and Vicki Vale right. and whatnot more regularly. They're dictating what it, they have to put in the book. Yeah, he says you think it worked perfectly well. In a way, it made mainstream the more outrageous Batman that we had been doing over in Detective. I preferred Detective over Batman, but right. see, now it was like they got to take... because. You know, I'll just tell you, in my opinion, Norm Brayfogle is the most dynamic Batman artist of all time. Okay. And so the stuff they were doing there was so, like, artistic that they were able to bring that into the more mainstream title. And so that was kind of a silver lining. That's cool. And so the reason I like this comic so much is because I got choked up at the end of it. Oh, wow. And so this was... Okay. This was... Oh, and actually, so, like, the cover date is November 12th, 1991. Which oh, is hey. exactly 30 years tomorrow, That's... which is Aubrey's birthday. Yeah, wow. it is Aubrey's birthday. Yeah, that is so That's coincidental. So Such a coincidence. Yeah. That is. Yeah. Wow. That's wild. Because I brought this up like three or four weeks ago. Yeah. Synchronicity. I, this issue really got to me. And also, I think it's a great example of how people who would rather be making original creative stories for comics dealt with the fact that they had to do something more commercial for continuity's sake. Right, right. And and so, you know, I'll point that out. But they were also introducing, like, all kinds of new characters at the time. In this one, they're still bringing along the new Robin, Tim Drake, as the new Robin. Okay. So, yeah. When you said new Robin, so I was almost like, which one? But then... Yeah. Right, exactly. So it's 91. <laughs> so Jason Todd had just died. He's already dead. And, yeah, and so now they're bringing... 
bringing in a new Robin. And yeah, I'll talk a little bit more about that when he's there. But it, you can feel there are times where they're using characters in this story that they were probably told to use. Sure. And instead of making the story about them, they just added them to their that's own right. story. Right. That's you right. Know? So I think that's kind of sneaky, but also very smart. You know, I, I think of all the, I mean, come on, what have I read? Like a million Batman comics? This one has stuck with me all these years. Yeah, this is a good one. And I, I, I like Bray Fogle. There's a couple of memorable Batman issues that I have under this run. Bray Fogle also created Ratcatcher who is now, you know, in the movies and stuff like that. Yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, that's another great credit. Um, on the cover here, there's a lot of like little Easter eggs. I think these are all like the names of people, right? Like O'Neill Institute. That's like Denny O'Neill. I didn't have time yeah, to look was, all these up, but like. That's probably Al Williamson. Al's originals, right? I, I don't know what KB's is. I mean, KB Toys was a thing at that time. KB Toy Store. Yeah, it looks Maybe like uh, it looks like Bray Fogle put his signature in the one of the buildings here too you see that that's pretty cool yeah and then puckett that's kelly puckett she was the uh assistant editor on this comic so yeah those are probably all creator names kind of cool when they do that taylor's is like in the story though so i don't know if that's actually right that's just setting yeah reference but then yeah you get like this cutaway of like the underground gotham city Oh, yeah, I like that. Yeah. Pretty cool. We talked about Alan Grant and Bray Fogle on the script and the art. Alan Grant, Scottish writer who was doing uh, Judge Dredd comics in the UK. He was brought on with John Wagner. I think they were both doing comics in the UK. And Wagner left after two issues. And it just became Grant and Bray Fogle. And and they go on to do comics until like, I I think they were working together on Batman until like 2000. So for a long time. And then uh, Adrian Roy on colors and Todd Klein on letters. And Todd Klein, like the ultimate letterer. The guy, he's just, his name pops up on so many comics. Yeah, this is really good stuff too, yeah. Yeah, and he did a great job on this particular issue. So it opens on a splash page, a traditional title page with Requiem for a Killer and a demonic-looking Batman. (laughs) And right away, you can see how dynamic the artwork is yeah like it it brings you in right away with that huge electrical bolt it's and you can see crock is writhing in pain there's some sort of mad scientist back there so if you had been reading batman up to this uh issue then you would know that crock had recently been uh locked up in arkham and he was given extreme electroshock therapy oh. And it relieved him of his, like, bloodlust. He's no longer, like, a psychopathic killer. Mm, okay. Uh, but, but it affected his memory. And he's ends up with these, like, violent nightmares based on that experience. So it did, in a way, it did as much harm as good, right? Yeah. So Horrible PTSD. For yeah. real. Yeah. yeah. So here we are, like, in the dream. And I just love this line. They're trying to fry my brain. And it's just a great way to kick it off. Uh, And then you turn the page and you realize right away that the script was probably written for panels, but Bray Fogle gets rid of the borders and treats treats it like a splash page. That's great. You can see the individual cuts, but it's all one big image and just like, you know, uh, a terrifying nightmare. And ultimately, sometimes that's a more interesting choice. So I think that's interesting that he's taking a chance. Right. And I love that he has like narration and dialogue in his own nightmare where the narration says, I smell the acrid tang of my own frizzled flesh. Fire rages in my head. I can't remember who I am. 
And so the doctor is telling Batman, like, hey, I don't see any difference here. The electroshock therapy is not really working. And Batman's like, well, crank it up, <laughs> right? That's when Croc screams no. And in his head, he says, then it all comes flooding back. Flooding, bit of uh, foreshadowing. Oh, right, okay. Enough. It all comes flooding back. And he says, I'm Killer Croc. This brain ain't for frying. And he breaks <laughs> his chains. I mean, you imagine how terrifying it is being chained down. But now it's so they can give you electroshock. That's horrible, right? Yeah, so awful. He breaks free and attacks him. And he's choking out Batman. And he's saying, it's all your fault, you ghoul. It's always your fault. I don't want to think like you. I want to be me. Then on the next page, you realize he's still dreaming, but he's actually choking somebody in real life, right? And he's yelling, die, die. <laughs> yeah. Until until this woman comes up behind him and uses his actual name, Waylon, and uh, tells him to stop. And he snaps out of it. Let me just back up a minute because this is very much one of those villain of the month comics. And it's featuring Killer Croc, who they just refer to as Waylon. His real name is Waylon Jones, a.k.a. Killer Croc. He's a former crocodile wrestler turned into a criminal born with an extreme form of the medical condition epidermolytic hyperkeratosis, oh, okay. uh, which caused his appearance to develop progressively into that of a crocodile. But he also has, like in the comic, the abilities of, of a crocodile, including like great strength and the ability to breathe underwater. He was created by Jerry Conway and Gene Colan, writer and artist respectively, and um, he made his first appearance in the comics in Batman number 357, 1983, and his first full appearance the same month in Detective Comics. So they were kind of like introducing him across titles. And so by this time, you really know who he is. Right, yeah. Right. And so they're just casually calling him by his first name, which indicates that this woman is friends with him. So, yeah, this is Aunt Marcy. And uh, she tells him, like, hey, you're just having a nightmare. These are your friends. Chill out. He calms down. And she starts singing a lullaby to him. Right. Hush, little baby. Now, this is a famous song. I mean, everyone knows this song. It's a folk song with no, like, direct origins. But one origin is that it was sung by black slaves in the United States or in the U.S. to their slave master's children, wow. which is kind of like, you know, if you like the song before, it's ruined. I mean, it's just like everything has these terrible origins when you really start to look into it. And this is just another another one of them. But it seems to do the trick here and it calms him down. Um, and, you know, he starts that kind of childlike. So yeah. like that electroshock therapy really did a number on it. Yeah. Right. And and so then the guy he was choking is like upset and you start to realize that not everyone in this group, which appears to be like a camp, right, is cool with him being there. Right. And they still see him as this, you know, villain, psycho killer. And everyone else is like, look, don't forget, it was killer found this place. It was him, stole all that stuff for us. This whole scam was his idea. And he's alluding to all this merchandise in another room that they're unloading. So, you know, this appears to be homeless or houseless peoples, and they're setting up like a home for themselves. And he's helping you know? them do that. Yeah. Yeah. And he's he's not only helping them, but he's like making it possible. Like he's like, hey, we can be friends and I'm going to hook us up. So he kind of assumes like a leadership role, you know, and, and, a, and a protector and caretaker all in one. Yeah. 
it's unfortunate that he's choking people out in his sleep, especially when they already like frown on him being there at all. Right. Okay. And so then notice between panels here, there's like a gap. Yeah. See how there's more space that happens throughout to indicate a change in scene. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of neat how they do that. So, so you, you, you might notice as we go along, but here's Batman swooping in on Taylor's exclusive shopping so it's i always like love a department it when store. someone draws him with just an absurdly long cape something that would not be yeah. practical or <laughs> yeah. useful in any way it's just absurd it's almost like an an abstraction of a cape yeah. it's not even like real fat it just looks like a big spindly cloud like a weird i love that. yeah it's like it's like they said it's absurd enough that he's got a cape so let's just really yeah lean into it, <laughs> it's right? really stylized and it's really just very I, cool. I absolutely love it when he lands and it's yeah. like all like uh, we only care about the aesthetic so cool, we do yeah. not care about if it's functional or whether it could actually exist or anything the, like that i love that i love the gray and blues too man oh yeah <laughs> that's that's the batman i grew up with with the gray and very blues. silly super friends extremely silly. so i'm i'm reading this on newsprint i have the original issue and it is the colors work so well on this cheap paper, which incidentally, oh, yeah. newsprint for being cheap quality is the most expensive paper now because nobody uses it. <laughs> Isn't that funny? So, you know, it looks great here. I have a, other editions of this, like the collected works of Norm Bray Fogel on Batman, and they put it on like really high glossy paper. And I think they should have recolored that stuff because mm -hmm. it doesn't translate. But when you look at it on this old like newsprint, it gets kind of muted and gritty. I like it a lot. But like, you know, here's Batman swooping down on these uh, security guards who've had a robbery at their department store. And Batman had been inspecting the roof and he goes, yeah, it's rusted shut. No one got in up there. Why is Batman like, well, investigating a nonviolent robbery? That doesn't seem like. Slow night. Yeah. Yeah. What Slow night in Gotham. Why isn't um, that the pol like? Why is he? Is he invested in protecting the capital of a of a privately I, owned shopping center? What I, is he doing? Well, this is so. There's a lot of economic and political themes here, in, including like fascism, capitalism, labor. Yeah, it's all in here. Um, Croc is just trying to decommodify businesses so that people can benefit from this overpriced merchandise no, why right? would batman I mean, be investigating this i don't understand this so i i think i think what was happening here was batman is more interested in how these guys got into the building and that gives him the chance right. to utilize a new tool sure that that'll come up later. i do like so that I he gets to do some happening. i do like that he gets to do some detective work yeah. he gets to be a detective yeah i don't here. i don't think he was like uh oh, these security guards need help because right. he's clearly he's like demeaning to these guys. <laughs> right? Like yeah. like they're like, You better well, check that out. That looks roof. like a fire code like so oh, like I hazard. Love that line. Yeah. 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 And then you go see these yeah, marks well, he here. This machine off. was recently moved. Like he's being a detective here and he's like <laughs> then the the most absurd panel I've ever seen where he's like fucking just picks up this Coke machine. This is where you know, we should remind people that vending machines kill four times as many people per year as shark attacks do. Wow. Which Don't is a statistic that. stemming from a U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission report in 95 that said they were aware of at least 37 deaths and 113 oh injuries God. in the U.S. <laughs> since 1978 that have resulted from consumers rocking or tilting the machines in an attempt to free soda or money. Can you imagine? So that's if you're going to you move go one out, of these, can you imagine you or someone you know? Going out like that, 
mean, they're out there. It's people not even worth people. it to to. It's an annual I mean, statistic. Wow, so, that's really unfortunate. Just think still, about it. Next time times, you think about trying to rock a vending machine back and forth, think about is this the most how I want to go out? One of the most embarrassing ways to go out. Don't do I, it. I mean, Batman can barely do it, and you're not Batman. Tragic and sad. Yeah, look at this. He is barely even. He's like, it's one of the most. I'm sorry. This is this reads as comedic to me. I know it's not supposed to, but it's so funny. No, if it happened in real life, you'd be like, dude, are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> Let's just all do it. Yeah. We could all three move it and not strain, right? It's really but anyway, he, funny to me. He moves it and finds this um, this cellar that the roof has been caved in. So this is how they got away with the merchandise and they, they blocked their exit so no one could follow. And Batman's like, yeah, a lot of these places were connected through tunnels and right. cellars and stuff. Well, and this guy's so like, oh, I, they took a bunch of stuff. It's worth a lot of money. He's like, yeah, I'll see what I can do. Like, what? That's not Batman's <laughs> job. What? A- yeah, he's not worried about recovering the stolen goods. No, yeah. He's worried about how are they getting around because sure. they're going to keep doing this. Because it's an so underground thing, yeah. Yeah, and then, you know, turn the page and, and we see Ace the Bat. Oh, wait, wait, wait. wait. That- hold on, hold on. I, before we turn the page, sorry to cut you off there, but... I love this bottom panel. I stared at this for a while. Oh, right. So yeah. he's like, leave it to me. I'll see what I can do. He flies off with the grappling hook. And then on this bottom panel... It's a Batmobile. He's flipping. So the the, the momentum... He retracts the yeah, Batarang. So he... Fl- like, there's so much motion in these two panels because even though you see what happened, he flipped upside down, let go of the grappling hook. It's coming back into the gun. And then he's also beeping the Batmobile with his <laughs> other hand... And the Batmobile. Yes. Yeah. He's doing both at the same time. That is so fucking cool. That is yeah, the fucking so coolest thing I've ever seen. He I like was... unlocks and You're starts the Batmobile nerd. at the same time. He's like opening the, the windshield, but it's like the door, right? But he's he's also retracting the grappling hook after just flipping yeah. upside down. So it's all one motion. And then he, and, and then and then in the next panel he's dropping into the Batmobile. So even though you don't see it, in between these three panels, I see him doing this giant arc and a flip. And then dropping down into the thing, and it is so. It is. I love that. It's awesome, but it's still like total overkill, right? <laughs> oh yeah, yes. so unnecessary. Yes, definitely. It, <laughs> at this point, you don't even need a costume and a mask for this. <laughs> but anyway, and we got Ace the so, Bathound. It's an appearance from Ace the Bathound. Yeah, Ace the Bathound debuted in Batman number ninety-two, cover dated June nineteen fifty-five, created by Bill Finger, who is Batman's co-creator, and Bob Kane's main shadow artist, Sheldon Muldoff. Like a lot of people don't know, Bob Kane didn't really draw the original Batman stuff. Oh, uh, so Sheldon Muldoff was one of the primary artists, and Crypto, Superman's dog, had just debuted. Yeah, he had just debuted in March 55, and then here comes Ace in June 55. So he's probably inspired by Crypto, but they said he was based on Rin Tin Tin from the TV nice. show The Adventures of Rin Tin Tin. So, wow, uh, never did I expect so much history on Ace the Bat Hound. Well, here he says... I mean, that's the extent of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, he says, uh, ready for your training session. So had they just like reintroduced Ace into this run? Of yeah, they must have. They right. were really trying to build up a bat family now. Right. And and so they must have just brought Ace back. And that that's kind of the thing is like sometimes you're reading a Batman book and you're like, oh, Ace is in it. When did they bring him back? Yeah. Right? So he's not always there. 
but I assume there's some kind of climate control in that car and it was okay to leave him in the car with the windows up and everything. Um, Batman after all. So this is what I mean. Like he had already been having Robin compile all these maps of Gotham's underground into one single map. And um, previously mentioned, this is Tim Drake, the new Robin created by Marv Wolfman and Pat Broderick. First appearance in Batman number 436, August 1989. Grant and Brayfogle really did have like the opportunity to bring this character into like the new costume and and debut him. So this was sort of a big deal at the time. Basically, Tim Drake just figured out Batman was Bruce Wayne and started training to be like him. And then they crossed paths while Batman was fighting Two-Face and he became Robin. So pretty simple story. But he's using for his computer skills here and he's put together this whole underground map. And so Batman's like, thanks for putting that together. I actually need it right now. (laughs) Oh, and here's I don't know if you can see this guy. Here's Harold Allnut, the hunchback who like created all of Batman's like tech and Batmobiles and everything. So I didn't even know about that character. But yeah, weird. Yeah. And and you got to I had to point him out because they kind of mentioned him later. So, yeah, Um, yeah. You know, it would be out of place for all this tech. He's just on a regular landline with Batman. And (laughs) he's like, he's like, you should see this map. It's amazing. He goes, "Uh, good. I was hoping you'd be done. I need it right now. And he's like, where's the tunnel lead from Taylor's? And he says, um, says where it leads. And he's like, yeah, but, you know, it's it's blocked now. They caved it in. So how else can we get there? And he gives him a connecting sewer tunnel that runs parallel. And Robin figures out that he's on the trail of Killer Croc. Um, I don't know who else would be strong enough to to cave in that thing. So I'll let you know. Skipped over one very important thing. While Robin is giving Batman this route, he tells him that the sewer tunnels are going to be changing the direction of the water at midnight. So he might get caught by a flash flood while he's down there. That's one. And, And so obviously that's gonna happen like we know right there like okay that's check off can they flood. do that is that <laughs> yeah a thing that happens well, there's like switching over to a new system oh, or something I see. Okay. it just happens to be right. on this night yeah check off sewer system that's great <laughs> and he's got yeah, a dog they... which is the ultimate detective so the dog should yeah and be then able like help him well this. how's he gonna get the dog out of a flash flood and that's why it just feels forced it just right? feels like, like he's endangering him... a dog <laughs> Yeah, like they wouldn't have thought to put the dog in there and then handle it this way. No. Like it bad. feels like they told him to do it. It absolutely so, feels like that, yeah. Yeah, anyway, that is a thing where they changed the direction of water and sewers for overflow and whatnot. Okay. So they're down here. Oh, okay. And, they do actually do that. Yeah, you know, Colorado had a hundred year flood and that's they've been working on that kind of underground system ever since. Right. There's all kinds of overflow stuff now. <clears throat> so then he and Ace <laughs> Go down into the Why is sewer. He and this is this dog into the sewer. It's so dangerous. Yeah. Leave that dog at home. That's that's not. Well, okay. this is this is why I think they made them write Ace into the story, <laughs> right? And they're like, okay, how do we get him into the sewer? Smart guy, editor. I guess you'll carry him, <laughs> right? So incredible. So he carries him down there, and they're investigating. And there's all this really cool, like inner monologue that Batman's having. You know? Yeah. Um. He's wondering why he would steal these items instead of like a jewel jewelry store or a bank or something. Meanwhile, Ace is like on the trail and they found some clothes and he's tracking them down. So then cut to a new scene back in the fallout shelter where 
Just endangering um, this dog. Awful. Yeah. So then cut to another scene in the fallout shelter where Croc and his, his crew are hanging out. And this kid has lost his dog, Spot. Killer Croc is like, call me Whalen, all my friends do. He's like, you must have a lot of friends. And you get this backstory that Croc doesn't have any friends. People judge him by his appearance, so he doesn't get a lot of friends. Kind of leaves out the part that he was a bloodthirsty killer for a long time. (laughs) You know, and then he talks about his parents not being around or his mom died. and, And it's a tragic story. So they do just enough to let you know that Croc has turned over a new leaf and people believe in him. Right. So this... And and you can see everyone's settling in. They're having martinis and caviar. This They're guy's trying to. Right. This guy's trying to put up a home sweet home sign yeah. or something like that. <laughs> Life has improved for them already. Yeah. You know. So so the kid's like, "Can we get cable TV down here?" And he's like, "Yeah, I'll check it out and I'll keep an eye out for your dog." Meantime, you know, they're still kind of arguing with each other about whether Croc oh, is, right. should be there or not. And they're like, "You know, after we get this place set up, we should just turn him in." So that's kind of like a... Uh, well, he did steal know. all this caviar and martinis for us, but he's also a bloodthirsty killer, so... Well, know. he was like choking him out in the <laughs> opening scene, so right. he's probably yeah. just residual from that. Yeah, I wouldn't be happy about that either. I, yeah, I don't, so I don't care how many martinis and caviars you give me. They find this obviously like blocked up hole in the wall, right? With this metal plate that's apparently locked from the other side. So Batman immediately blows that open, but he can't help but remark on how awesome it is that dogs can smell that trail, even like in the sewer, you know? Right, so, yeah. so they find this hole and they go through it and there's like this abandoned underground highway. Like apparently Gotham, it got like, what was it? Like 200 yards into it and they right. ran out of it's money. Finished. Yeah. You know, underground highways are like a real thing. That's in the news right now, today. Oh, you really? Know, Elon yeah. Musk is talking about doing that. Everyone, Everyone's got a way to misappropriate or waste funds. And I yeah, don't know. Anyway. Just, uh, um, you know, just create bus lines, I think. <laughs> I think yeah. he invented buses. So it's just kind of cool that Killer Croc is utilizing it. Yeah. Right. You know, and it's yeah. like, okay, that's what I'm talking about. You know, make use of this stuff. Right. Yeah. So Ace runs off, starts barking, runs off. Batman's like, hey, where are you going? He's got a tracker on him so he can follow him through these, you know, there's a whole bunch of different tunnels. Ace finds the boy's lost dog, Spot, who is currently being attacked by these, like, (laughs) horrible sewer rats. They're like red-eyed monster rats on this poor dog. This is so, (laughs) this made me laugh. This is really good. Well, then, so Ace busts in and just starts, like, tearing him up, right? So, you know. Saves the day, right? Awesome bat hound. And Batman catches up to him. Spot and Sweet Ace baby. pretty much just lead Batman right where he needs to be. Yeah. So I love this panel how Spot is like all loving on Ace for uh for yeah. saving They're him friends. or whatever. Yeah. 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 He's like, We pals, ain't we Spike? Aw. <laughs> you want I should think up some bones for you? Anything you say, Spike? Cause you and me is pals. That's right, ain't it Spike? Uh and then see you get that. <laughs> You get another break in scenes, right? Oh, yeah. And now we're with these uh, engineers, and they're like, all down valves, okay, check. Croc is watching them. He doesn't realize what they're doing. He doesn't realize they're changing the stream of the water. Right. uh, And it could create a flash flood. He's just looking for a way to hook up cable TV. Right. Which is, you know, 
hilarious. But so, <laughs> so the whole time they're, they're saying a uh, quarter of 12, 15 minutes to switch over. So this is going to spell disaster for him and his friends. But all he's thinking about is, you know, this is the first time I can remember where I'm going home. Like right, he's walking yeah. back to something he can call home. Meanwhile, <laughs> Batman is walking into that exact same home. He sees these lights down this tunnel. He knows he's in an old fallout shelter. And the boy's reunited with his dog as soon as Batman shows up. Now, that would be creepy if Batman yeah. just walked in. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. I do like, though, in here, how he says, blast. Like the way that you would say, damn, or something yeah. like that. Like he's, I just think that's a, that's a really, it's like a holdover from like old school dialogue. It's like something a billionaire like, would say. Like blast. <laughs> it's very. Like blasted. A billionaire. Like, it's something, you know, in, instead of uh, having Batman say, damn it. Like he can't say that, I guess, at yeah. this point. Right. So it's blast. Yeah. Anyway. So anyway, he starts calling out for his. Uh, so he calls Aunt Marcy, Grandma Marcy. So I think they're actually related. And oh. uh, I, I do think there's a point where he talks about she got him off the streets or took care of him when he was out on the streets. Right. Um, yeah. And so Batman says, you know, sorry to break up the party, but I think you all owe me an explanation. And it's like, why? Because you're the guy that, you know, it just seems like real heavy. It's like, geez, man. Yeah. So, you know, real. assess the situation. Don't just assume they're all criminals. And yeah, that's... that's an affront to you personally. Like, it seems weird. <laughs> but then like weird. from from the tunnel behind him says, the only thing I owe you nose wipe is a pounding. And then uh croc comes flying through and tackles him. That's like he tackled him in the dream too exactly yeah. yeah so it still feels like he's after effects of his nightmare right? right like he he's not with it enough to know that he's experiencing this because of the trauma yeah um or or he's reacting this way because of his experience with trauma so you know he starts wailing on him right away just tearing into him talking about how all you want to do is lock me up again and then Ace jumps in and bites Croc, right? And he throws him against the wall. No animals were hurting this except oh, for no. a few sewer rats. <laughs> and then look at this awesome kick. Like how Batman kicks him across the yes. panel. Yes, I was just going to say these action shots are amazing. I love the panel layout, the colors, <laughs> and everything is so great. And you can just see how something like that has inspired so many artists. Yeah. Like today, you know, like Daniel Warren Johnson. Yeah. I love it, how Batman just grabs the TV. I was about TV, to say, yeah. takes, takes TV and he just throws it across the room. It's just like he he's just going to throw anything. Like, <laughs> you know, th this kind of Batman from this kind of Bray Fogle era, like he fights like Daredevil from I the Netflix throw a show. TV at you. Like he just like will do whatever. Yeah, it's really cool. It's really great stuff. I think it's kind of funny. Yeah, he knows he's getting his ass kicked. Yeah, he's like, I got, I just got to hit him and move. It's one of those yeah. wood and then, panel TVs too, when TVs had wood paneling on them as well, so very heavy. Yeah, and Croc just cuts right really through does. it and tackles him again. Now he's got him by the throat, right? And he's just going off about how. So why does Croc know, have leave shoes on? This should just be his bare crocodile feet, right? He's got these shoes on. Oh right, I just, I didn't even notice that. It's weirding me out. Anyway, I don't, sorry. Maybe, he's starting to see himself more as a human, maybe. Okay. Trying to fit in a little more. I don't think he should have shoes on. <clears throat> yeah, it's like if you lived in the sewer by yourself, just wear whatever you went to bed in. But <laughs> if if you're going to have company over, put something on. Well, he's killer you know, cop. What is he? 
Okay. You know, Batman thinks like he hears his roaring in his ears because he's been beaten up. And then he realizes, wait a minute, that roaring isn't in my head. That's the water coming. Right. And so you can see like above his head, it starts to say rush, right? That's like the sound of it coming. And so Croc turns his attention back to Batman. He's getting ready to just, you know, probably going to kill him. And he's like, killer, hold it. Get these people out of here now. And Croc says, nobody move. You tricked me too often before. And he goes, not this time, I swear. They're opening the new water tunnels tonight. And this wall's so rotten. It's like paper, for God's sake, man, listen. And then Croc immediately is like, shit, you're right. And abruptly stops fighting and immediately teams up with batman right so this is like croc being kind of like you know he's he's not fully grasping the situation in the first place but he knows when it's time to do the right thing so he's truly turned over a new leaf right so i just love how batman throws himself against the wall and he's like the wall's buckling and calls him killer you know he's like you gotta help me so these next few pages this is what got me so i don't know it's like 12 14 something like that yeah and i just remember thinking like this was very moving so first of all he could have drawn this whole comic in five minutes and then spent a couple of weeks on these two pages because they are so they like really stand out from the rest of the book right even from like the cover is nowhere near as cool as these pages right and that's that's usually they put all their right. focus on the cover. So here it is, like, they're literally up against it. It's not going to hold. The water's really coming through. He says, we can't hold it long. And Killer Croc says, long enough, hurry it up, you chump. So see how I he's, like, that. trying to be, yeah. he's, he's being endearing, but he doesn't know how. He's trying to be tough, but he's also trying to be, yeah. get out of it, get out of here, you chumps. Chumps is a great so, thing to call a person, you chump. Yeah. Yeah, chump. you can't really be offended by that. Nah. So so then, like, these guys are, you know, you get these three great panels, like these progression panels down here. I love stuff where, like that, yeah. yeah. It's not monotonous because, like, you know, the dialogue really works here where they see Aunt Marcy's in trouble. Croc tells Batman, get her, because he knows he's probably strong enough to hold the wall, and Batman's a hero, right? So he's like, you know, you get her. Batman says, you'll never do it alone, and Croc yells at him, get her. And then he says, I'm Killer Croc. I can do anything. And it's like, you know, that's not true. But that's part of He's your bravado that, so that you had to do back in the day. Her, yeah. yeah. I love how so Batman, Batman leaps yeah, across. How God, cool is that? That panel was incredible. Again, that cool, like, abstract movement, tape. Yeah. yeah, that adds a yeah, lot he, to it. And he the says, way this she's is my home. swept away by the water, too, is very, like. Yeah, it adds a lot. So much tension. Yeah, yeah she wasn't going to make it. And even, like, Ace is, like, trying to help. But what's he going to do? Right. You know, it's just kind of cool. There's like a lot going on there, but it's intense, but it's not as dynamic as the rest of the page. Those three panels. So I think he knows when to be structured and when to just go for it. Right. And on this next page, he really goes for it. He breaks up the two panels again into almost a splash. This is my home. Ain't nobody taken away from me. You hear me? Nobody. And you can see that down the side of the, the left side, just crack. Right. That long sound effect. So you know it's over for him. The water breaks through. They're yelling, wailing, wailing. You know, the boy who lost spot is yelling his first name. My friends call me wailing. Right. That means like, no, son. Yeah. None of us could survive in that. And they get up to this like safe level. They're saying he's dead to save us. He died to save us. And they're kind of taking it in. And then Aunt Marcy starts singing the lullaby again. And then they all chime in on the lullaby. Right. Yeah. And remember, 
Croc has crocodile abilities. He could breathe underwater. I was we already say, but know. But earlier he says, "Oh, I'm just a guy with a skin condition." So is he just a guy with a skin condition, or is he's, does he have the properties but, of a crocodile? Can he breathe underwater? Can he swim real good? Yeah, I think he's just saying that for the kids' benefit. I see. Okay, so he can you swim know, real like, good don't and be breathe afraid underwater and be. Oh, so yeah. he's probably fine. Yeah, I mean that's why he lives in the sewer. Yeah, they all look like they're really sad, but I'm like, he's probably fine. Yeah. And I, I think it was only a matter of time before you found that out. Like, they didn't take too long. But, right. but I love how, like, they have this big bat shape right here, this oh, yeah. Batman bat shadow. Shape. and It zooms out, right? Yeah, and I'm sure Batman bailed because he's not much of a singer. You he know, sings. he had to get that dog out of there. <laughs> Am I blue? Am I blue? Ain't these tears in my eyes telling you? He said this definitely is not his thing. He seems like such a menacing figure in this story. Like, he's not a hero. He seems like a villain. I don't like him. Well, it kind of reminded me of, um, (laughs) going back to the Hellboy Book Club stuff, like, there was this one issue where Roger had to go down there and burn the frogs that were yeah. in this cave. And then later he was like, why did we even do yeah. that? You know what I mean? They were just down there like chilling out and looking at a picture of their dead mom or something yeah. like that. Like they weren't doing anything. And yeah, I, I, I liked that about this issue that it kind of. Batman it sucks, puts, actually. It puts Batman on the, yeah. yeah, that side of it. Well, you think about it. I mean, in general, the core idea of Batman is like he's a psychotic billionaire who instead of putting his money towards like infrastructure <laughs> or programs that would actually help the people that need it or would reduce crime as is proven to reduce crime, like community programs or whatever. Instead, he just like beats the living shit out of people and like makes things way worse all the time. So if you think about it too yeah. hard, it's not good. But you've got writers and artists who, who make the idea of Batman something cool and fun to read. This is like in this story, he's you know very clearly like not well, I, the I, protagonist. So what I like about it is when he realizes that they're all going to get flooded in, he's like he stops and he's yeah, he's I'll like save okay, yeah, we got to we got to. But do before that, that, he was like, "What the fuck are y'all doing in here?" Like, sure, dude, clearly okay, surviving yeah. because we can't otherwise. Like you know, like what? It's very. He's like, "This is very naughty of you to steal things." Like, okay, are you Batman or what are you? Like, what's uh. happening right now? So it was so just very weird. That's great that you pick up on that yeah. because one of the things they were doing in the regular Batman monthly title for continuity's sake was they had, after Jason Todd was killed by the Joker, Batman became a lot more violent and crazy. Right, yes. Like he, the way he was fighting crime was bad. Yeah. And they brought in this new Robin, Tim Drake, to mellow that out. And in fact, the, Tim Drake, the character had realized this about Batman. And he was like, wow, Batman has lost his edge. They really telegraphed that, though, with the incredibly wacky smile that Robin has the entire time. (laughs) They're trying to make it very cheerful, but it just comes off as extremely creepy to me. Yeah, he's like, yay, I'm Robin. Yeah, exactly. They're trying to be like, oh, let's cheer things up and brighten things up. But to me, it's just like, okay, I don't know, this kid's really weird. When they got the dog, you know, it's it's forced. It does. It feels forced. Yeah, and then they were trying to do up like the Bat Family thing, and Batman's got people around him to keep him from going over the edge. But he's, you know, it's got Igor and I've got Alfred. It's very like okay, so you've got. You've got this one guy building you a bunch of stuff, and then you've got this other old guy who should be retired, still bringing you sandwiches and lobster thermidor. 
and you've got like this little kid who doesn't stop smiling like what are we doing what is this <laughs> yeah and alfred's all you know like robin said now that we have this map we could sell it to tourists <laughs> and alfred's like standing wah, up wah. to the labor movement being right. like yeah we're not gonna do that we're not, we're not that. gonna sell anything and and he's kind of disgusted at nepotism simultaneously, you know, it's like hey, Batman put this kid in charge of me. And, and, you know, so anyway, like there's all these like little subtleties that if this had been like, you yeah. know, 10 pages longer, they could have developed. But in the meantime, we're like, this is a one and done comic that we're just going to burn through. And right. then it almost the seems like a Batman parody in some ways. Like it seems very like you, like you said, like they were given an assignment and they were like, we fucking hate this actually we're gonna fuck this up on purpose yeah yeah like we're gonna we'll do what you say but we're gonna try it and and (laughs) it's it it, that's tough that's a tough thing to do and we were talking about this recently in terms of the hellboy movies and studio influence and i think in this way they're like look just put the dog in there okay and they're like all right we'll put the dog in there but we're gonna make it a killer croc story and what and what does the dog have to do uh i don't know he fights some sewer rats that have red eyes (laughs) yeah batman's literally carrying Oh, but he also tracks down killer croc too so yeah they give the dog some stuff to do but batman is carrying like a hundred pounds of this dog down into the sewer i love that (laughs) panel where he's carrying the dog down the sewer pan the sewer ladder that's so good because you know that was his argument for look it's not realistic he would have a dog down there how's it work and they're like just put in some staircases and he's like really in the sewer sewer. so then somebody came up with the idea of the abandoned highway you know and yeah and they're just trying to make it work and i think that 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 stood out to me great in 1991 yeah you know so (laughs) that's probably why the comic stuck with me i like this one though i really liked it yeah this was i had never i had never read this issue before so um it makes me want to go back and see because i have some issues that i really like from around the 400s i i want to say it's the same run oh yeah it's got i mean they were on fire it is as cool far that, as like their process yeah working together it is cool though like it's in classic batman style they take a look at the quote-unquote villains like the antagonist says like oh well mr freeze isn't a guy who's on a rampage train to hurt people he's just trying to help his wife his sick wife and he's really just a lonely sad man if you try to understand him and from his perspective and there's a lot of like there's a there's a long history of like you know batman antagonists who have this kind of thing going where you oh but what if we see an issue or an episode from their perspective and like it's kind of this yeah i like that. they're lonely mm-hmm. or they're whatever they're misunderstood or whatever it is and so it can't be okay that batman is beating up people who have real problems mental illnesses and, like, and yeah. mental illness you know but he's like i don't care you're in a costume and i'm whooping your Horrible, ass yeah. costume on costume and i love the um the opening pages with this devil batman or whatever you know what i mean yeah, that kind of also yeah. You know, it, it, that that's how it brings you into the yeah. thing. And so I think that that's really interesting to start off with something like that. And it just looks fucking rad. <laughs> I really love those first it couple pages. It looks like pages. the Oogie Boogie Man. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just, just for me, the en- ending on that note where Croc is just yelling his right. bravado, yeah. basically, while he knows he's going down. It's so futile, but he's doing it anyway. That really stood out to me. It's just like, man, that is just, it's totally unnecessary. Yeah, you could have just done this silently, but the fact that they gave him dialogue and it wasn't is all corny, bravado, yeah, yeah, yes, and well, but like it's corny in a way that he doesn't realize it's corny. Yeah, sure, yeah, right. it's not. Yeah. It's I just like typical like corny dialogue honest. that you would see in a yeah. comic book. Yeah. He's, he's, he's actually like emoting, that. you know, right. and 
trying to say something about having a home for the first time. It's really interesting. Yeah, that was so, that was anyway. that was yeah. I've never. I mean, I'd never read this before. I didn't know that this existed, but uh, random, right? It is yeah. And and again, I love this idea of the just the one shot comic. You know. Um, it was only a matter of time before we did a Batman on here, so I'm glad right. that uh, you know we could get a, a a good Batman episode here with Matt. Great issue. I love this. Uh, I want to find the actual. I want to get a physical copy of this now, just to have it because I really like this story. You can find them in back issue bins. You yeah. can totally find these. Yeah, they're out there. They're not hard to find. Very cool. Very I'm surprised cool. we've never done the Mignola Batman. Gotham them. by Gaslight yeah. or. Well, I like um, I like Sanctum. That's okay. also a yeah. one issue. Okay. That's also a one issue story. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, we didn't even talk about that one. That's a great one. Um, we'll have to yeah, come back to one. that at some point. Awesome. Well, great job, Matt. Uh, I really appreciate it. Anything else you want to say about this issue or anything else before we wrap it up? Nope. I think that's it. I just, you know, it's just one of those random comics that sticks with you forever, and I'm thanks for the opportunity to talk about it <laughs> yeah no definitely and i totally feel you on this run i there are some that have stuck with me i don't want to get too into it but um there's like an etrigan two-part yeah etrigan. oh yeah I mean, is that amazing. from this run there's like a tulpa and it's like a you know me I'm that might have been detectives yeah okay okay anyway i, I would look i would love to discuss that one that one's one of my favorites and i think it's the I same i love tulpas team. i love etrigan yeah i love it yes so yeah, anyway that fight in a construction site or i think yes, it was dude oh, chess with okay. that guy Man. yeah yes really dude that's it that's Great. the issue i'm talking about anyway We'll have to talk about that. We'll have to come back and talk about that you, again. Let's you. We're, we've reserved you for that one. We're gonna do that for sure. <laughs> okay. Cool. Yes. Excellent. Awesome. And we'll have to do it with Aubrey too. I really felt like uh, we're we're missing that additional Aubrey uh, insight on the Batman stuff because I know he he has a, a lot of fond memories about this run as well. Aubrey is also uh, very good at chiming in at just the right time with some sort of trivia that I never would have yes, yes ever thought of exactly so. so. We'll have to get his insight next week. All right. Well, thanks again for joining us, Matt. And now, oh no, who's going to say all the things, things. I guess? We're going to have Matt do it. Matt, you do it. (laughs) All right. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Don't forget to follow us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts from. Thanks to Paul from Gardaheart for the song (laughs) and for John doing all the editing and for Danielle just being perfect in the way that Aw, you shucks. are. Great. <laughs> I'm obnoxious. Next time, uh, we are covering Fill In Here. Yeah, we were supposed to do Invincible Issues 1 through 4 this week, so we'll be doing that ah. next week. Thanks. That, that was awesome, And that's Matt. a book club. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'm John Salinas. I'm Ace the Bat Hound. And I'm Matt Schrackbein. I can do anything. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. That's true. I believe that. That was awesome. That was awesome. (laughs)